Hello, this is Pastor Patrick Hines, and I would like to continue on in the Westminster Confession of Faith, Chapter 3 of God's Decree. And this chapter, uh, sometimes it's hard for people to understand it because decree, um, typically in English, the way we use the word, <clears throat> is typically um, used to describe like a decree that went out from Caesar Augustus, like in, in uh, the Gospel of uh, Luke, that the whole world should um, uh, be accounted for, that a census should be taken, a decree went out. But when we talk about the decrees of God, uh, what we're really talking about is uh, the plan of God. When God created the world, when he created everything that exists and uh, set time in motion, and time itself is a, is a creation of God there at the very beginning in Genesis 1.1, uh, God has a very definite, very tangible, comprehensive, unchangeable plan for what's going to happen. And so it's not the case that God creates the universe and then sits back and kind of learns or, or watches what unfolds and then kind of reacts and interacts as, as things go along there. The scriptures teach very clearly that God has a very definite pre-creation, immutable plan of what is going to take place in time. And uh, chapter three of the Westminster Confession, point number one, and we'll, we'll do a, a short program on each point. I wanna get back to doing the Westminster Confession. A lot of people have told me that they would like me to press on with this, so I'm gonna try to do that. 3.1 says, God from all eternity did by the most wise and holy counsel of his own will freely and unchangeably ordain whatsoever comes to pass. Yet so, as thereby neither is God the author of sin, nor is violence offered to the will of the creatures, nor is the liberty or contingency of second causes taken away, but rather established. Okay, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. In him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So God has a very definite plan. He works all things according to the counsel of his own will. Now, Isaiah 46.10 is one of the clearest passages. In fact, Isaiah 41 through 48, the, all, all of those chapters, uh, really lay this out um, in, in quite some detail. Because one of the ways that God differentiates himself from the idols and false gods of man's religions is his ability not only to know the future, and explain what's going to happen in the future, but also his ability to explain what happened in the past and to, and to say why things happened the way they did in the past. Is God sovereign over absolutely everything? Well, Isaiah 46.10, listen to this. Declaring the end from the beginning, that tells you it is pre-creation. If the plan of God declares the end from the beginning, and the, the term decree is the word counsel, etzah, that's used here in the passage. You'll see it here in a minute. If it declares the end from the beginning, this counsel or decree is pre-creation. Information times saying, <clears throat> excuse me, information times things that are not yet done saying, my decree, my counsel, my plan shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. So God's plan, which declares the end from the beginning, information times things that are not yet done, that does not mean merely the big things or large events or anything like that okay um we're, we're told directly in scripture it is a it is a straightforward teaching of scripture um in uh, proverbs uh 
1633, the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. Okay, so that doesn't mean when lots are cast about important things, it means every time a dice is thrown, every time a lot is cast, it's every decision is from the Lord. We're also told in scripture um, that the deaths of sparrows are determined and decreed by the will of God. Are not two sparrows, this is Matthew 10, 29, are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. And then one other one, um, at the Jerusalem Council in Acts chapter 15, um, when uh, uh, James stands up, he, he uh, cites from the prophet Amos, uh, pointing out that it was always God's intention to rebuild the house of David by bringing Gentiles into the church. But he makes this wonderful statement in, in Acts 15, 18. Known to God from eternity are all his works. Known to God from eternity are all his works. And so it is not the case that God has just planned a few big events and everything else is left up to chance, as if chance was something that actually had power or could do anything. But known to God from all eternity are all his works, all of them. And so I want to get back to chapter 13 here. Um, whoops, that's a large catechism. The Westminster Confession of Faith, chapter 13, if I can find it here. Um, God decrees whatsoever comes to pass. And he does not do that merely by permitting certain things or anything like that, but he decrees it to take place. And he's not the author of sin. What is so important for people to get here, people think that if you believe that God sovereignly decrees everything that happens, including every vile act of, of every human being that's ever lived that's, that's done something that's evil or wrong, then that must mean you believe God is the author of everything evil, that God is the author of sin, but he's not. What God decrees to take place takes place in accordance with the secondary causes, the nature of the secondary causes. In other words, God himself does not actually sin, but agencies like uh, other human beings, pe people sin freely uh, in accordance with their own desires and according to their own nature. So when Herod and Pontius Pilate conspired to bring about the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, they did in those desires exactly what God decreed and determined beforehand that they would do. And in fact, Acts chapter 4 says that. Um, in fact, let's look at that passage, Acts chapter 4, verse 26, and following the early church praying here, um, gathering in prayer, they say, um, Lord, you are God, verse 24, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. And so the greatest moral evil that has ever taken place, greater than all the other evils and atrocities and crimes and, and acts of genocide that have ever taken place in human history. The murder of the Son of God was predestined by God to take place. And Herod and Pontius Pilate, uh, in doing this, fulfilled what Psalm chapter 2 
says, the second Psalm says, the kings of the earth take their stand and rulers were gathered against, together against the Lord and against his Christ. And they prayed, the early church is praying, truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together, just like Psalm 2 says, to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Notice, it doesn't. they didn't pray to do what they had decided to do. It was the crucifixion of Jesus is what God determined before was going to be done. And so whatever comes to pass, all of the good and the bad, the, the blessings and the hardships, they are all planned by Almighty God, planned by the Lord. All of them are. And it's vital that we get this. He is not doing violence to the will of the creatures. People think, well, you think God forces people to do stuff. Okay, for the record, I am a Calvinist. God has never forced a human being to do anything because it's not possible for him to do that. God has never forced anyone to do anything. Everybody always does what they desire to do. They always do. So violence is not offered to the will of the creatures. No one has ever, Herod and Pontius Pilate were not thinking, you know, we really would like to let Jesus go, but there's like this divine hand that's pushing us to do what we don't want to do. God doesn't do that. What he decrees to take place is always in accordance with second causes, with their nature and their desires. Now, how does this help us? How does knowing this help us? Why has God revealed this to us? I think it's so that we understand, especially as it gets into God's decrees about predestination and election. We cannot take credit for our salvation in any way, shape, or form. It's something God decreed, and therefore God gets all the glory for it. When things go well for us, we don't attribute that to ourselves. We attribute it to God. When things are against us and we go through hardship and difficulty, we know that God has a purpose for it. And we know that it's not random. There is no such thing as chance. Everything has a purpose. As hard as it is to believe that sometimes, when you're in the worst moments of your life and things are the hardest, you will cling to that truth because it's precious. It really is. So that's the Westminster Confession, chapter 3.1. And there's one, let's see, two, three, four, five, six more, seven more points in that chapter. And we'll get to each one of them in, in, in turn. Thank you for watching or for listening.